It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is December 6th, 2017. My name is Phil Prosperich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com coming at you today on a beautiful Star Wars night, or I guess it will be Star Wars night. I don't know what it is. I'm a big Star Wars fan, so I enjoy Star Wars night. If you follow me during the Magic game tonight, you will see me tweeting out Star Wars gifs, making Star Wars references all night. I'll probably do my scroll again like I did two years ago when The Force Awakens came out and the Magic did the Star Wars night as well. Uh, so uh, you'll you'll have that to look forward to as well throughout the day because I, I, I enjoy living that Porg life. If you don't know what a Porg is, you are clearly not as nerdy as me and not as cool. So that is that. We'll do with the Star Wars stuff a little bit later on in the show. I'll, what, you know, what, what the hell? Uh, one of my Facebook lives will probably do a, do a review of Star Wars, although I'm, I'm seeing it late, so don't spoil it for me. Uh, I won't be seeing it till like the Tuesday after after it comes out next weekend. So, um, yeah, that was, that, was, that was a big distraction. Well, you know, this isn't a Star Wars podcast. This and you know, not, not, not until I get my exclusive with Nikola Vucevic about Star Wars, which maybe I will. Uh, you know, he knows, he knows, he knows I'm a Star Wars fan. I know he's a Star Wars fan. We've talked Star Wars before. Um, and, and, and I know that his, his opinion of Kylo Ren is not going to change. Kylo Ren is still a whiny little brat and is nowhere near as cool as anyone else. But you know, he's, he's, he's the hipster Darth Vader. Let's, let's, let's put it that way. Let's get into some magic stuff now to, on today's show. I'm going to talk a little bit more about Aaron Gordon. I officially named him my first quarter MVP on Sunday's Facebook Live, but I do want to mention one other little thing about Aaron Gordon before we close down our first quarter season and review stuff and talk a little bit more about him. And then I'm going to talk about probably one of the big surprises of the first quarter of the season. No, it's not Aaron Gordon, although he is a surprise. Um, it's actually Bismack Biombo. I'm going to talk a little bit more about how Bismack Biombo is playing and what he has added to the team in this stretch of play. But let's start today's episode talking about Wednesday's game against the Atlanta Hawks. The Orlando Magic will take on the five-win Atlanta Hawks team uh, on Wednesday night, uh, on Star Wars night at the Amway Center. It's gonna, it's, it's a game that on paper looks like is one the Magic should win. When you look at the, the Hawks and their defensive rating, it is as bad as the Magic's. The, the Hawks are not a good defensive team. They rank currently 26th in the league in defensive rating at 108.1. The Magic are 23rd at 107.6. Conversely, their offense is not very good either. 102.3 offensive rating uh, is, you know, is pretty low up there. 23rd in the league. Orlando should, if Orlando's offense is clicking like it has been over the last few uh, few weeks, few games, um, the Magic should find their ability to score. Uh, and, and and that defensive rating does not even account for the fact that Dwayne Dedman is out. So the Hawks will be without one of their key rim protectors. This Atlanta team is as bad as everyone I think kind of expected them to be. Uh, they're they're not. Uh, they don't have a lot of gr- uh, great players. I mean, Dennis Schroeder is obviously a very dangerous player and, and someone that you always have to watch out for. 
But other than him, who are you really scared of on this team? Dennis Schroeder's averaging 20.2 points per game for the year so far, 6.5 assists per game. Kent Bazemore, 36.5% three-point shooter. Torian Prince has been a nice surprise in his second year. Marco Bellinelli can shoot threes. John Collins has been a solid rookie, but not a lot of offense coming from this Hawks team. This is a Hawks team that is does not have a lot of talent. I mean, let's let's be perfectly honest about it. Um, and so if you're a fantasy player, you know, and you're looking for a buy, you know, maybe this is the time to pull the trigger and put Aaron Gordon out there in your lineups or, uh, you know, pick a Magic player to, to play uh, in this game because there's going to be a lot of opportunity for Magic players to, to score a lot in this game. In fact, I'm not even sure if Dennis Schroeder has played lately. I mean, it's, it, it's you know, it's, it's it, this is not a team that you pay a whole lot of attention to if you're, even if you're a hardcore NBA fan because the Hawks just, they're at the bottom of the standings. They're, they're only above the Bulls in the standings and, and they're a team that just isn't going to draw a lot of interest. I mean, Schroeder is an interesting player, don't get me wrong, and he has been playing lately. Um, scored 19 points in the loss to the Brooklyn Nets, 9 for 17 shooting. Um, and he's someone that you really have to contain. And, and I think if there is a chance for the Hawks to win this game, it's going to be because Schroeder is is such a great player in the pick and roll, uh, can really break down the team well. Uh, and the Magic aren't great defensively against the pick and roll. I mean, obviously, Alfred Payton's kind of an average at best defender. Nikola Vujovic has had his struggles defensively. And so... You know, it's the kind of game where the Magic should take care of business, but, you know, I sat here and said that when the Magic took on the Bulls a few weeks back, and that game was terrible for the Magic. They didn't come out with the right effort. They struggled all night. They gave Chicago confidence early, and they dropped a game at home that they had absolutely no business dropping. There was no universe where the Magic were okay losing to the Chicago Bulls in that situation that they lost, but they did. Uh, You can't go back and take that back, uh, except to fix it the next time it comes up. Here's that next time. Here's an opportunity against a struggling Atlanta Hawks team to build up a win, get some confidence, and kind of build that momentum that you're going to need to make the playoff push that I still think you can make, that I think a lot of people within the Magic still think they can make. And so now you've got to actually go out and do it. Easier said than done, of course. So, again, like I've been saying throughout this losing streak, at a certain point, it's less about preparing for the opponent and more about making sure you're right. And I think right now the Magic need to make sure they're right. They've played well over the last week since since the Oklahoma City game and maybe even I, I'd even include the Indiana game on the road that they lost. The Magic have been playing better. Um, Aaron Gordon I think said it after the Knicks game. They're starting to we're starting to look more and more like the team we were at the beginning of the season. And so I think the Magic need to kind of keep that going. If the Magic can play like they did at the beginning of the season. They should win this game. I, I I can't put it any simpler than that. If they come out lethargic, if they don't put up any effort defensively, if they don't have the intensity and physicality they need defensively, they're going to lose this game uh, because any NBA team will beat you if you play like that. Now, when it comes to that, you know, when it comes to, to where this game falls on the on the on the uh, I guess momentum trail, the Magic are playing better. I think they felt like they left one on the board in Charlotte, and so if this team has any medal, they'll come out very focused, and and hopefully they'll take care of business. This is a game that the Magic should, can, and I would dare say will win, but this Magic team hasn't always come out with the right right attention and right focus, and so I think that this is an opportunity for Orlando to kind of get themselves back on the right track, a game that they should win. Now they got to go out and do it, and of course... You know, we've been talking a lot about this. 
Magic have to walk the walk. They can't just talk the talk. And so this is an opportunity to do that. Take care of business on your home floor. Start building up some wins. You got tonight, again. you got Wednesday night against Atlanta. You got Friday against a Denver team that's hurt. And then Saturday against Atlanta again. That is a three-game window to pick up some wins, to build up some confidence. Detroit on Sunday is going to be tough, but this is an opportunity to kind of build some momentum back up uh, and, and get some confidence back in this team. And I think we, we are starting to see that a little bit more, but you want the results, not just the process. You want the results. And, and so I think this is, a, this is a great opportunity for that. Tip-off at the Amway Center is at 7 p.m., so be sure to check it out. And, of course, it is Star Wars night as well. And, you know, you don't have to go to a galaxy far, far away to play great fantasy basketball or play great fantasy games in general. In fact, all you have to do is go to draft. If you love fantasy basketball, then you need to try my new favorite app, and that is, like I said, draft. It's daily fantasy, but not like the other guys. Not like those other sites with the complicated salary caps and scoring systems. This is a real live single day fantasy draft. On draft, you play real life snake drafts with other people just like in your season long week. Here's how it works. It's a draft that lasts for just one night and there's no management. You just draft your team and see the points come in. Once you're done drafting, that's it. No trades, no waiver wire, nothing. Draft will even take care of last minute injuries for you. Drafts start every couple minutes so you can join one right now. You can log on right now and enter a draft. And the best part, you play for cold, hard cash. Drafts start from just $1, so there's a draft for everyone. No salary caps. You play in a real live snake draft, just like you play with your friends in a season-long league. You're competing directly against other people, which I think is a lot more fun than just randomly assorting a lineup and throwing it into the gigantic pot and trying to say, oh, too many people are going to pick this guy. If he has a big game, you know, then it's going to cancel each other out. No, no, none of that. You're in a league against other people and only one person gets LeBron James, or one person gets Aaron Gordon, and you got to be the one to get him. So come and join me on Draft today. Download the app anytime. Just search Draft in your app store and join a game in minutes, or play right from your computer on Draft.com. For a limited time only, all new players get a free entry into a draft when you make your first deposit. But you have to use my promo code LOMAGIC. That's right, play a real money game for free just for using my promo code LOMAGIC on your first deposit on Draft. And be sure to follow me on Twitter at OMAGICDAILY. I just might set up a special Locked On Magic Listener League for Draft on Wednesday. So again, log into Draft, use the promo code LOMAGIC, get a free game, and play against me on Draft. May the force be with you. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Like I said, I'm still kind of doing my wrap-up of the first quarter of the season and, and, and reflecting back on the first 21 games or so of, of the year. We, we passed the, the quarter point of the season uh, last Monday, actually, when the Magic lost the Indiana Pacers. Uh, and, and obviously, it was a, a bit of an up-and-down uh, run for the team. 
uh, you know, the team started off on that great stretch, six and two, eight and four. Uh, really looked like they were ready to burst through and kind of make make their wave in the Eastern Conference. And we all expected them to come back down to earth. But what we didn't expect was the long losing streak that we saw with multiple blowouts, really really inconsistent and and difficult efforts, and not the way that that we wanted to see the Magic play. Then the nine game losing streak stung. Uh, it did not feel good. It did not taste right. Uh, and obviously, uh, it, you know, it, it, it dropped the Magic out of the pole position. But there were definitely positive signs, and there were definitely good things. And then honestly, if you asked me at the beginning of the season, the Magic are going to be 8-13 and 13 coming out of the first quarter of the season, I would have probably been like, yeah, that, that sounds about right. That sounds about where they need to be. They'll probably still be in touch with the playoff leaders. Second quarter of the season uh, looks a little bit easier, looks a little bit more manageable. That's, that is an opportunity for this Magic team to continue to grow. And I think that is the most important thing for the Magic at the moment is to have these opportunities to continue to grow. So where, you know, so, so from there it goes down to, okay, so what are the big takeaways from this first quarter of the season? And obviously the biggest one is Aaron Gordon. If you go back and listen to the Orlando Magic Daily Facebook Live on Monday's episode of Locked on Magic. I did a full recap of the first quarter of the season. I talked about uh, my first quarter MVP, which is Aaron Gordon. I talked about the uh, uh, questions that are upcoming in the second quarter of the season. Uh, you know, kind of hit a lot of these big issues that we'll be we'll be thinking about and 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 talking about and reviewing as the as the schedule continues on through December. The the first the first half of the season ends the beginning of January, and the schedule is going to pick up significantly. At the beginning of January, the Magic have another rough patch in the schedule, another big road trip. They play Cleveland, they play Houston at the beginning of January. So that'll be that'll be a point to to you know you got to build up some you got to build up some momentum before then before your schedule gets tough once again. But obviously, a huge storyline for the Magic has been Aaron Gordon. You know, I've I've said throughout the summer, I've said throughout the season that this is a year that's about the long term. It's not about the short term. I, I like talking about the playoffs. I think it's important to talk about the playoffs. I think it's important to say that this team is is going to, you know, is trying to fight for a playoff spot. That matters. But at the same time, the long-term picture matters too. Who do you keep? Who do you move on from? How do you continue building this roster? And Aaron Gordon was at the center of that as a restricted free agent, as a guy who had endless potential but had not really shown much of it to this point. This season, he has shown it all. This season, he has transformed himself as a basketball player. He is the leading scorer on the team at 18.4 points per game. He's averaging eight rebounds per game, a career high. He's he's you know blocking 0.9 shots per game. He's stealing two. He's got 2.2 assists per game, 1.1 steals per game, all career highs. He's shooting 41.9 percent from the foul from the three point line. Again, we're past the quarter point of the season. It's time to accept that this is real. Now you know is Gordon going to shoot 40 percent from beyond the arc his entire career? Probably not. He'll probably settle in at like 36, 37 percent, which is plenty good for what the Magic need from him. And again, his percentage will probably continue to drop a little bit, but. His shooting is real at this point. You got to trust that he's going to make shots. 57.9% effective field goal percentage. 77.4% from the foul line. Aaron Gordon has completely transformed himself as a player. And when you watch him play, there is a lot to like about the way he plays. Frank Vogel has often said after his big after his big performances 
that Gordon does a really good job playing within himself and playing within the flow of the offense. You know, when I talk to a lot of player, when I talk to a lot of fans, everyone wants him to to be more involved in the offense or get more plays called for him. And while I, I, I do agree and I think the Magic are hitting a point where they need to trust him with a little more responsibility, at the same time, I don't think that's necessarily his game. Aaron Gordon, it just he he is not that player yet. He is not a guy who can break someone down off the dribble. He's very good at getting into a rhythm jump shot with a quick move, but he's not quite there taking guys off the dribble and attacking the basket and really being the quote-unquote star. I don't think he's quite there yet. I want to continue exploring it. I think he has every right to continue exploring it, and so sometimes if he forces a shot or forces a drive, so be it. That's part of his growth and part of his learning process. But Gordon really does work well within the offense. He's not great in isolation, but off of cuts this year, Gordon is averaging 1.64 points per possession, 1.8 points per game off of cuts. He's been really good working off the ball, off screens. Gordon has also been pretty solid as well. Pulling up the stats here, sorry. Off screens, Gordon is 1.48 points per possession, 1.5 points per game off of screens. He is he's really good at, I mean, you're not running him off screens like Richard Hamilton, but he's really good at getting himself free off screens, getting himself in a position where he likes to score, and then creating something good out of it. That's obviously very, very good. And so Gordon has done a lot of things that, and then of course in transition, he's one of the best players in transition, one of the best finishers in transition, he's done gotten a lot better on the glass. There's just so you can go through a laundry list of things that Aaron Gordon is good at. And so, you know, I can't help but think and turn back to kind of experience and turn back to um, how Gordon developed into this player. And of course, a lot of it is the hard work that he put on in the summer. A lot of it is finally being healthy. Gordon has taken this huge leap. But personally for me, I also got to give some credit, even if it's just a little, to that experiment the Magic ran last year. Aaron Gordon is not a small forward. Let me make that perfectly clear. He does not have the handles or the speed to play against threes on offense. That's not his game. And the Magic were probably wrong to force him force that square peg into that round hole last year. But that didn't mean the time wasn't valuable. I remember talking to Aaron Gordon about it toward the end of last season and asking him about, you know, kind of what he learned from small forward, whether he took anything away from it. And he said, you know, really, the, I remember him telling me one of the big differences is just the footwork needed to play the small forward position. There's a different footwork that you need to kind of leverage yourself open. And and while it was largely not a success, Gordon did have his moments where he looked really good on that end. And so it, it, I always said, you know, he's figured... I remember saying it last year, I was one of the, one of the guys that was def, not defending the move, but, saw, looking for the, but seeing some positives in it. And I would say, you know, he's figuring it out. I, I see him, it's definitely a struggle, it's definitely not his natural position, and then the Magic needed to do something about that. But he was figuring it out. He was determined to figure it out. And I give him all the credit in the world for that. 
And I think he did draw something from it because in the modern NBA, there isn't much of a difference between the four and the three offensively. The big difference is just who's defending you and maybe to some extent where you line up on the floor. But I, 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 I do agree with some of the pundits. There is no difference. If the Magic had a better stretch four, if the Magic had more spacing, maybe Aaron Gordon at the three would work. Again, I think the problem was the problem was always roster construction. Magic fans are going to clamor for Jonathan Isaac and Aaron Gordon to play more minutes together, and, and I think that's a very good idea. Who's the three and who's the four in that lineup? Gordon's the better shooter. And so uh, I think that Gordon put a lot of work into his game this summer. That's that's extremely clear. But I think you can't discount the experience he got playing the small forward position last season in his continued growth and development. It was not ideal for the team. It was not an experiment the Magic should have run in a season with so much pressure. But that doesn't mean it was not an experiment that bared some fruit. And so I think always when you look forward, you got to look back a little bit. You got to look at, okay, what led to this? Aaron Gordon always knew he needed to improve his three-point shot. But now he knows how to attack off the three-point line. He's He's a little bit better and tighter with his dribble. He looks like kind of that 3-4 hybrid that everyone imagined he could be. And so while you're not going to line him up with a traditional power forward and play him at the three ever, he definitely does have a whiff of a small forward at times. And so I think last year, for all its struggles and all its difficulties, proved valuable to Aaron Gordon to make him the player that he is today. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Another guy that I think a lot of people kind of didn't, kind of wrote off. Um... And 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 push to the side uh, was obviously Bismack Biombo. You know when you when, you know obviously you can't escape the contract when it comes to Bismack Biombo. Um, you know that the contract is what it is; it's not changing. And Bismack Biombo is almost certainly overpaid. But. You gotta give Biombo credit. You know he struggled last year, it, it, no doubt about it. He had his worst defensive season by almost every metric last season. He was not the player that that the Magic even hoped to sign. This year, this year he has bounced back, and yeah, the offense is still a mess. You know. Any offense you get from Bismack Biombo is a bonus. 
But this year, he's providing a much bigger benefit defensively. His block rate is back up to 5.8%. It's a little bit lower than it was in Toronto. Rebound rate is at 15.8%, which is the lowest since his uh, second year. But I imagine that'll continue to improve. His offensive rebound rate, about the same as it was last year. But really where Biombo makes his impact is defensive field goal percentage at the rim. And he's back down to 44.7% defensive field goal percentage at the rim this year. Last year, last year Bismack Biombo gave up 49.5% at the rim. So not an insignificant change there for Biombo. He's gotten better. He's gotten back to the level that perhaps he was at with Toronto in that statistic. And it's come and gone. I, I, you know, I, I won't sit here and say Biombo's been perfect all year. But very quietly, he's put together some solid defensive stretches. He's made some impact plays, and while the bench has struggled to score, the bench has generally played good defense in the half court. And Biombo as an anchor has been a big reason for that. It's why I, I think one of the lineup changes that Frank Vogel should have considered and, and, and may one day consider later on this year is to start Bismack Biombo over Nikola Vucevic. If the defense is the problem, put your best rim protector in. And the Magic will need Biombo to continue producing, and that's going to be a big question for him. And again, any offense you get is a bonus, and he does put a bit of a hamper on your offense as well. It's definitely a tricky situation with with Biz. Because he either has it or he doesn't, sometimes. And I won't sit here and say he's been great defensively every night. Or his defense makes up for his poor offense every night. In fact, most nights it doesn't. In reality, Biombo right now is probably playing the role that he should play. As the rim-protecting big off the bench. There are a lot of overpaid rim-protecting bigs off the bench in NBA history. But I think the Magic are beginning to see the Biombo that they at least saw in Toronto and to get some value back for him. He's never going to live up to his contract. Let's just end that conversation right there. So the question then becomes, how do you get the most out of the Biombo you have? And I think so far this year, Orlando's begun to get that. Maybe not the most, but they've gotten more. Certainly more than last year. And that's been a big difference for this team. At least for its bench unit. And obviously, your players playing more up to their potential makes you a better team overall. I want to thank everyone again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. You can, of course, find us on Twitter at Locked on Magic, as well as like us on Facebook at Locked on Magic. Be sure also to check out the Locked on NBA podcast network. You can find the Locked on NBA network on Facebook. Just search for Locked on NBA network. You can find me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places you download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. And, of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, please check out orlandomagicdaily.com as well as follow me on Twitter at omagicdaily. And of course, during the game, you'll get to enjoy all my fun Star Wars jokes 
as the Magic take on the Hawks for Star Wars Night at the Amway Center. Tip-off of that game is at 7 o'clock. Uh, we will have a complete recap of it coming up on tomorrow's episode of Locked on Magic. But for now, thanks everyone again for listening. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Rosenreich. I will see you all again tomorrow on another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked on Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.